Boom. It's been so long. Feels like it's been like a year. It's episode 20. Well, we technically didn't have one last week, so... Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Chop Heads MMA Podcast. I'm not exactly sure which episode it is, so we're going to skip the number. Yeah. Because we skipped an episode, so we might as well just skip a number. But we are back in any event. Last week was completely a debacle. I take full responsibility for it. I came to the studio with sunburn and... Full of excuses, honestly. Sunburn and a shit ton of excuses. I didn't watch the the MMA card. So we had an attempt at a podcast, but I just failed miserably. And um, you guys weren't really bringing much to the table either, honestly. Well, he barely watched and his, you know, Scoop's take on a lot of the fights kind of didn't make the same sense to me or you who didn't watch it. Um so it was more of a comedic value episode. The, uh, the problem with comedic value is the person has to be funny. Yeah. So Scoop's not that funny. He tries. He tries. He's listening right now, but Scoop isn't here because Scoop is a fucking... He's another one full of excuses. What was his excuse today? He's uh, stuck. Couldn't get a flight. He's couldn't stuck get a flight. in wherever the fuck he's at. Like South Carolina or something, Myrtle Beach. I, don't I know. wonder if he flew Spirit. I don't know. Probably. Because... Full disclosure, Ashley is stuck in Nashville right now, and she flew Spirit, and she's stuck because they had a lack of crew available. Now, this is something that I think that airlines should have kind of sorted out before they're scheduling flights, but Spirit Airlines, you get what you pay for, and they paid $99. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised they even put them on like a a regular plane. So if you're ever going to fly spirit airlines, just factor in an extra $200 for the night that you're going to be stuck there on the way home. Because if they don't fill up the flight home, they're going to push you back until they have a full flight. That's just how they do things. I don't think it has anything to do with the crew, but I don't think it had anything to do with the plane with him either. We're not here to talk about uh, flight mishaps and, and this or that. We're here to talk about MMA, Tommy. Uh, there was a lot of shit happening this weekend. The Bellator card, the, the UFC fight night, we got a big week next weekend with yeah. the heavyweight, I guess you could say heavyweight title fight, but we got a lot to get into with that. Um, what else do we got on the rundown? Well, I guess not the rundown, the uh, the intro. Well, you know, uh, your intern, Mr. AJ, is going to be heading up the uh, Chopheads MMA Instagram and Twitter. Somebody actually has time on his hands to be able to do that. It's not that. It's not do. that. We we have. Well, I have no time. You, I guess, have no time. But you also, you and Scoop also don't have the ability to properly run a social media. Account. I get annoyed with the seventeen thousand hashtags that you know that you need to put. Yeah, it's not only that you don't know the content. You don't know what you're doing. To be fair, the, the the Conor McGregor picture that you posted was probably the worst Photoshop job that I've ever seen in my life. You saying it did well. It did do, I guess, decent in terms of the what we've been getting, which is nothing because we don't post. Yeah. I mean, I did post a little bit in the early going, but you could tell it's me because it's a Nate Diaz post every fucking third post. Yeah. But AJ is going to be on that. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChopHeadsMMA and... Hopefully, if he holds true to his word, there will be a lot of content coming out in the near future. So it'll be 
something more than just this podcast. We'll get we'll get some content out there. Yeah, you know, I, ways I was, to push the product, baby. Yeah, we need to push it and and you know and and push it hard, push it real good. Well, that wasn't that wasn't funny. So, what else do we got? Anything? I guess nothing. In the intro, we have boring lives. I'm I'm no longer sunburned. I haven't smoked <laughs> weed in about three weeks. I haven't drank in about four four days. I went out during the week with my father. Nice all people and got a little buzzed up. But what else? Tommy's not fat anymore. <laughs> Even though he he kind of still has that fat guy breathing. Um, the breathing tactics, you could hear him through the mic, I'm sure. That's not, uh, that has nothing to do with the weight. That has to do with severely deviated septums. In oh, okay, my so Tommy's got fat septums. He calls them deviated. I call them fat. But no, Tommy's looking better. He's in the gym <laughs> more than I am. And honestly, it's inspiring me because now I've said this on the Daily Show. I'm beginning to resemble a sausage. I might have even said it on this yeah, show. You yeah, you said it here. Well, yeah. Like that's the going rate now. I'm a fucking fat sausage. And Tommy walks with his arms out like he's <laughs> some fucking bodybuilder, but he's not. Yet. I'm getting there. I'm not getting yet. there. Getting there for sure. Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a pretty good week of MMA. And uh, as we get into the Reverend's Rundown here, we're going to let you guys hear everything that has gone on. Some of the things went on last week that we didn't get to... Uh, Put onto a show. Yeah, we didn't even touch on. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit before the rundown. <clears throat> Sanhagen won. You think? Yeah, San, yeah. So that's it. That's all we have to say about that. Sanhagen I got think he robbed. Won. Dillashaw looked like he got jumped by like six dudes. Sanhagen yeah. had not a scratch on him. I understand the whole ten point must system, and you can make the case that Dillashaw won more rounds. Maybe I think round one was the one that was up in the air, mm-hmm. right? Um, I say Sanhagen won even on rounds, but just going by that, there's that's the main issue with MMA judging. All right, everybody. This week's Reverend Rundown is brought to you by Fightbook MMA, your worldwide leader in combat sports, health and fitness, and pro wrestling news. You can find them at www.fightbookmma.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and indeed at Fightbook MMA. It's... Time for the Reverend's Rundown. Who the fuck is that guy? All right, guys. So started off the self-proclaimed goat of MMA and bare knuckle boxing. Artem Lobov has finally retired. Uh, he sports an MMA record of 13 and 5 and a bare knuckle record of 2 and 2. In Bellator news, A.J. McKee shocks the world Saturday night with his submission win over Patricio Pitbull, becoming the champ in Bellator and is now tied for the most finishes in Bellator history alongside Pitbull and Michael Chandler. The light heavyweight tournament rolls along October 16th with champion Vadim Nemkov versus Anthony Rumble Johnson and Corey Overtime Anderson against Ryan Bader. On into UFC news, former middleweight champion Chris Weidman is set to forego another surgery on his injured leg, stating that the bones are not healing properly. Weidman suffered a compound fracture against Uriah Hall back in April. USADA is back in the news now, having suspending UFC fighter Juan Camilo Ronderos for one month after Ronderos failed for cocaine. Ronderos failed his in-competition drug screening on his debut bout back in May. Al Jermaine Sterling is set to defend his championship against Peter Yan October 30th for UFC 267. UFC fight night results. Jason Witt defeats Brian Barberina by decision. 
Um, Bogdazarian, Gooden, and Buys all win by stoppage. And in the main event, Uriah Hall loses by decision to Sean Strickland. That was your Reverend's Rundown for this week. Back to you, Chris Gucci. Okay, as usual, I have my notes, baby. Gotta love those notes. So you said self-proclaimed goat. That's not self-proclaimed by any stretch. Artem is the goat of the people. That's the people proclaimed Artem to be the goat. Let's not get this all twisted up. When have you heard Artem say, I'm the greatest of all time? Never. If anything, Artem would be like, Connor's the greatest of all time because uh, he's on Connor's the, main on hype On the man. ultimate fighter, he was calling himself the greatest. Oh, stop. Show me the fucking footage, and then I'll believe it. But until then, Artem is not the self-proclaimed goat. He is just the goat of the people. The people anointed Artem the goat. And if anyone was going to be called the goat by Artem, like I just said, it would definitely be Connor. Other note is that, are you sure Aljamain Sterling is... Defending, air quotes here, defending his belt. <laughs> I mean, he is the champ. Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> Even though I, I like Aljo, that's just not how this should be going down. Um, but that's all I got for the notes here. Yeah, it, you know, I'm I'm excited for that October 30th uh, card. The weird thing about that is they're saying that it's a pay-per-view, but it's a free pay-per-view. Strange. So, is it? <clears throat> I'm confused. Is it on ESPN Plus? Yeah, it's an ESPN Plus pay-per-view, but it's it's free. Like, I don't get it. So then it's not a pay-per-view. I guess it's not a fight night. I, I don't know. I don't know why they're calling it a pay-per-view, but whatever it is, it's free. Yeah, so I'm confused by that, too. But either way, moving on, there's really no need to talk about it because neither of us know what the fuck that means, right? It yeah. is going to be a good card, though. Is that the only fight that's named on it? There's a few more. I haven't been able to thumb through the rest of it. But um, my question to you is so... As I mentioned about Chris Weidman, uh, he's going to have to go through another leg surgery. This is what I was talking about with the whole Connor thing. When when these guys break a bone like that, there's no there is no road back in terms of timeline. It could there's a lot of things that have to go right. A lot of things can go wrong. Unfortunate situation for Weidman. Hopefully, what is it? He's not getting blood circulated to his leg or something. <laughs> the, the bones just aren't healing right. Like this because there's not enough blood going. Yeah, there's, it's a it's a weird injury, dude. Like. The fact that I'm seeing these guys standing as as short after the injury is is pretty crazy because, you know, they had me walk a month after and that actually rebroke the leg and bent the rod. And the only reason why the bone healed the way that it did was the rod was making the bone like do like a piston motion and mm-hmm. that was like forcing it. So you had to, to have another surgery on that? No. No, my brother had had a similar leg break and he had to have a second surgery. Get another rod put in, just set the whole rehab process back. Honestly, years, years, two it's, years. It, it's crazy, man. I, I really don't think we ever see Chris Weidman fighting again. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think so. Hope not. I mean, I hope that he can be healthy enough to fight, but I just think at this point, what do you got to prove? You're not going to go out there and, and contend for a title anymore coming off that injury at the age that he's at. At 37? Yeah. By the time he's actually going to be able to train, train, it could be a year and a half to two years from now. Which well, is a shame. Chris Weidman's always been a, um, he's always been Tommy's boy. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to see anything get a little, get worse for him. So, What else? What else? Well, that's, it, that's it for the rundown. That's it for the, that's the rundown, rundown, brother. Rundown, right? So I guess we'll go to break, and when we come back, then we start talking about the weekend's event. 
Guys, it is almost time for the best time of the year, and that's tailgate season. And when you think about tailgates, you're thinking about beers and you're thinking about food. And when you're thinking about food, you're thinking about hot sauce. I'm talking about Silk City Hot Sauce. It's a mom-and-pop business from Vermont that produces hot sauce with locally grown peppers. There's several blends and flavors. Here's just a few. You got Slurp, which is fresh peaches, honey, Vermont apple cider, habanero and cherry pepper blend with a hint of smoked jalapeno. We got the Badass Jew, which is four pepper blend, jalapeno, cherry pepper, serrano, and habaneros with tomato, roasted red peppers, roasted garlic, and Mexican seasoning. Good Morning Jonestown, which is a smoked habanero and smoked serrano with carrots, roasted peppers, garlic, onions, and a splash of white vinegar. Killer Hot is their second hottest three pepper blend featuring fatali, habanero, and ghost with roasted red peppers, garlic, and honey. Ghost Whisper is a pile of ghost and habanero with roasted peppers, garlic, onion, and red vinegar. It's a very powerful sauce with a deep and delicious flavor. And you guys got to check out the artwork on these bottles. Silk City uses professional comic book artists to create the coolest looking hot sauce in the biz. They offer great deals when you purchase the two, three, four, five, or six mix and match packs. Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use the coupon code CHOP. You're going to receive 20% off your order. You're going to receive a free bottle, and you're going to get some stickers along with that. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. My goodness. I know Chris loves it every single time that I do that. We are back, folks. So last night, Bellator put on their, their, their event. or No, it was that Friday night. Was it last night? It was last night. It was last night, yeah, because it was a it was a double header. AJ McKee, bro. Dethroning Pitbull. Wow. Yeah. AJ McKee and he steamrolled him too. It yeah. wasn't even like he just he beat him up bad. Was that like the standing guillotine? Well, it was the head kick, and then I think he thought it was over after the head kick, but Pitbull came came back, obviously. I wouldn't say he came back, but he just wasn't put away yet. And but he lost all his bearings at that point and he didn't even come close to trying to defend the choke. No. And then they were trying to say bad stoppage, but really he didn't tap and McKee was the one that said he gave, he went limp, he went limp, but he didn't really go limp. I think the ref expected him to completely fall to the canvas when he let go. Mm-hmm. He didn't, but it was only a matter of seconds. That was deep choke. He didn't tap, but he was going to sleep any second there. Yeah, I mean it's just rough, right, when we talk about the ref's job. You know, you, you don't really want to choke him till you smell shit. You know what I mean? You don't want to cut off that blood supply to the brain for too long. Um, with all the confusion and everything that was going on in there, I don't really want to call it a bad stoppage. Uh, what are you going to do? You know, he wasn't defending, like you said. He took the head kick. He went in for the standing guillotine. You don't really see a lot of guys lose by standing guillotine anymore. I think, what was it, uh, John Jones, when he, he choked out Machida? Like, it's... It's a very, I mean, it could be a high reward, but guys usually know how to defend out of that. They'll fall to their back when they have the wherewithal to do so, which Pitbull did not have the wherewithal to do so at that point. So I don't think it was really a bad stoppage. I think it's just a way for them to set up the rematch, which is probably going to do really good numbers. Um, Well, when you say rematch, I don't think they're going to rematch in the traditional way that they normally would rematch, I think they're going to rematch at a different weight because Pitbull's still the the lightweight champ, mm-hmm. and McKee, there's really not much for him in the welter in the is it featherweight, yeah, not much for him in the featherweight division. 
because they just won the tournament. You know, he just won the tournament. So basically, when you run through a tournament at that point, who's the next contender? They got to come up with one. They got to maybe have another tournament. So it's going to be a while before he has to even fight. I would imagine. Does he have to fight in the next tournament? Well, probably. That's what Bellator seems like they're doing. You know, talk about with uh, uh, the the guy that's fighting uh, Rumble, Nemkov. He's the champ. Why is the champ fighting in a tournament? It makes no sense. So to if me. you lose in the tournament, it's got to be for the belt. So right now, that's what I'm saying. If Rumble loses in the tournament, if Rumble beats him in the first round of the tournament, Rumble doesn't become the champ, does he? I I think so. It's such a weird concept. And then. You know, the winner of Corey Anderson, Ryan Bader, is then going to be fighting one of those two for the belt. So if, if Rumble wins... Well, I guess the idea is that whoever the champ is enters the tournament and he puts the belt on the line each round. And then at the end, whoever's left standing is going to be the champ because that's how it works out. Or it's going to be for the belt regardless. But I don't know. I don't like that model one Mm-mm. bit. I guess it, it works when you don't have the... Um, depth. The depth in the division. But what what... The risk that you run is that now eventually these top guys are all how many times you're going to enter this the, the same top guys in the same tournament. My guess is that uh, McKee moves up to lightweight. He's a huge featherweight. He's talking about how it's hard for him to cut weight. I think if he gets to the UFC somehow, you might see him at featherweight first. But right now, I think he's going to make a home at the lightweight division in Bellator. I can't see him fighting at featherweight anymore. I wouldn't mind seeing him just staying in Bellator, to be yeah, honest with I you. Mean, until that ship runs its course, and then you're going to have to see him in the UFC, just like the Chandler thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Pitbull. Pitbull would have had a better – he would be more famous. He, I wouldn't say you'd make more money because Bellator is probably paying him, paying him pretty nice. He's been their premier star for the last three years. Not to mention his, his sponsorship deals and everything like that. Yeah, so. well, that's a whole other ballgame. But, yeah, I guess that's it for Bellator, right? Yeah, I mean – Nobody's really, there's not really a lot of noise going on until October for the, you know, the what we were talking about with the, the light heavyweight tournament. I'm more interested in that light heavyweight tournament than, you know, uh, the, the light heavyweight uh, championship fight that's going on with Blockowitz and Glover Teixeira in a, in a couple events from now. Yeah, I have no desire. I mean, Glover fought himself in a situation. Yeah. He deserves another title shot, but could you imagine at this point if Glover wins? And Clover's the, the champ. Then that's when you'll see John Jones come out of retirement. He's going to fight light heavyweight. Wait, John Jones retired? <laughs> I think so. No. I mean, he might as well at this point. He's picking fights on Twitter with fans. More, more that, you know, people are like, John Jones fight already. And he's like, you want to come fight me? <laughs> no, not really. I just want you to, I want to watch you fight. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Bellator, I guess we'll wait till October. Before we have anything exciting to watch in Bellator, I'm sure there'll be a couple cards. Yeah, there's here a couple there. cards. I mean, you know, for the for the hardcore fan who enjoys watching fights, yeah, you might not know who all. Also, the guys I couldn't are, but... figure out how to watch that Bellator card last night. I have Showtime, and it was it's saying Showtime, and I, it wasn't on. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have to stream an event if you already have the fucking channel that it's on. It wasn't a pay per view, right? No. Yeah, maybe it's because it's through Hulu. I have Showtime through Hulu. So maybe that's the problem. You got to go through your cable provider. I don't know. No, it should be, if you have Showtime, it should be, you should be able to have it. Well, I didn't. It was definitely on, so I had to go to my fucking laptop, and I did watch it, but you don't have to tell me anything. But still, get it together, Hulu. (laughs) All right, moving on. I'm done with Bellator. 
What else we got? Oh, no, yeah, we got Fight Night, Strickland. We're not going to break down the entire card, even though the card fucking delivered for sure. There it was, was all right. I mean, was good. I, I wasn't like you just weren't excited. excited about the potential of the card, so you went into it, eh, eh, and you didn't really watch the undercard. I bet. No, I did you actually. Did. Um, what was it? What was the fight that that really had me going? It was. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Tell you right now. It was uh, first of all, my tapology was shit. I went with. Wait, you're still doing that? You're like every picking, once in a while, fights and shit. Every uh, every once in a while, we should start doing that. Honestly, and keep yeah. track of who's what and what's what. I uh, I went with the percentages, and it did not go well at all. Yeah, it was uh, dog heavy. Yesterday. Yeah, a lot of underdogs won that f- one last night. The uh, the Philip Rowe and Orion Kosi fight that was nuts. First round, Kosi beat him pillar post. And the second round looked like it was almost going the same way. And then Roe just turned it on and ended up finishing him in that second round. Is this the Roberto? Yeah. Where you kind of trolled Roberto's post? Yeah. Yeah, Roberto knows him. So you just talk shit about Roberto's boys on his posts? I just put (laughs) In other words, you got knocked the fuck out. They bust my balls about Frankie all the time. Fair enough. So do I. <laughs> um, but heading on to the main event of that card, Strickland and Uriah Hall. It was a typical fucking Uriah It went Uriah exactly Hall how fight. I thought it was going to go. The minute Strickland turned it into a dogfight, which was right away, Uriah Hall wanted nothing to do with it. He shuts down. He also, no, I shouldn't say he shut down. He showed a lot of toughness. He did try. There wasn't a, a point where he just kind of curled up. He was moving forward, and there was points where I was like, oh, he's just, he can't do it. He's moving backwards too much. And then, you, the next thing you knew, he was moving forward. He was landing decent shots. He just didn't. He couldn't get going for extended periods of time. The minute he hit Strickland with a two piece, Strickland was coming back with seven punches. He just did not stop. And his energy is cool. His motor is cool. The way he talks shit in the ring is cool, or in the octagon is cool. But he's going to get pieced up by any of the top middleweights. You uh, agree? The problem is with a, a guy like Uriah Hall. He has this amazing skill set, right? I mean, you, you saw it not just with the Ultimate Fighter, but just in in the moments where in the UFC he actually has shined. But he's a head case. He is a head case. And a guy like Strickland, nine times out of ten, I think Uriah Hall beats him skill-wise. But like you said, he's in there, he's talking shit. Once you mentally take Uriah Hall out of that fight completely, that's it. It's gone. Yeah. You, you know, and, and he's gone out and admitted he's lost fights on the walk from the back to the cage where he has anxiety that he doesn't want to go. To, like, are you kidding me? This is what you do for a living. I don't really, I didn't really see much of that from him yesterday. I understand that he's been a head case, but to me, what he showed was a lot of heart. He was in there with a guy that did not stop throwing punches, even though he wasn't really putting much behind them. He was throwing a lot of fucking shots, man. In the first round, he, he I think he landed over 100 punches or, or, or threw over 100 punches, which by UFC standards, that's pretty impressive. He did slow down a little bit, and I do think he could have put Hall out a few times, specifically at the end of the second and the third when he had him hurt, but then went for the takedown right away. And you even heard his corner was saying, then you know, when you get him hurt, don't fucking give him the out and take him down. Even though he's a good grappler, Strickland, you want to see him put him away there, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and the problem with that is when you get to the upper echelon of that division, if you got these guys hurt and you're going to go for that takedown, you're going to put them on their back and you give them the ability to get their bearings 
and actually come back in, you might end up having a very bad time that next round. You know, like you look at a guy like like Izzy. You put him back on his feet after you might have had him hurt. He's probably going to be able to put you to sleep. Well, that's a different breed we're talking about. You know, or Bobby Knuckles. You, if you, you know what I mean? These guys that are up at the top are going to be able to get through that. Uriah Hall has a great skill set, but as a fighter, totally, he he just shuts down, and it sucks, man. Um, it really does. And, and, you know, when we used to talk to Brad Desir when he used to come on the show, he was saying that Uriah had a different headspace when he was with the Tiger Showman fight team, you know, with the Lyman Good and, and all of them. You saw that killer in him on The Ultimate Fighter. A little fucking sensitive for my taste. Like, he he got insulted over everything, but he had that killer mentality. Once he moved out to but Vegas... But I also think that he was extremely confident in that season where he didn't think that anybody could fuck with him. So he when he has that behind... When he has that confidence behind him, then he has that killer mentality. It just seems like he lost that he, when he moved out to Vegas. Well, he's in Texas now, I think, huh? He went... He's, he's definitely he, in Dallas. I think he's at... Yeah, he moved. But yeah, once he, he moved out west, he lost... Like, that's when the anxiety came in. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't even want to be in a cage. Like, when I heard him say that, it's like, why would you publicly say that? What was he on a four... He was on a four-fight win streak. So he was on the... on the Back on the come-up. So that's what it looked about like. Eyeing he was, a title shot. But that was his last run. At 37 in this division, the division, honestly, the division really isn't that great right now. I feel like middleweight is kind of stumbling. and It's peaking. When you, when you say peaking, what do you mean? Like who's going to be? Who's gonna, it peaked. It's on the fucking way down. Yeah, who, right who's going to be they're, Izzy they're right now? are starving for, I mean, Whitaker is the only guy that I could give a, cha- a chance to. And honestly, looking at the, looking at the middleweight rankings, Mm-hmm. Nobody. No. The best chance in the middleweight division to beat him is honestly probably Kelvin. And he's all the way down at number nine. He's got so much work to do before he even comes close to a title shot at this point. And and he's another one. He's so small for for middleweight. You, you know what I mean? You look at some of these middleweights, they're going to be able to put him out. You know, Kelvin, Weidman dispatched him fairly easily. Cannoneer, what's his, what's his latest couple fights looking like? Is he just a good wrestler? Because he's, that's he's the a guy, real good wrestler. That's the guy that could potentially take Izzy out only because of the ability to put him on his back. And you saw the blueprint with Blockowitz. That's yeah, the only chance he, somebody has against Izzy. But Izzy, have Izzy to, worked on that though. Okay. And a guy like Cannoneer, who's already been touched a few times, look, Izzy's going to go for that. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I, I'm not saying that Cannoneer would win. I would pick Izzy in that fight a hundred times mm-hmm. over. But just looking at the middleweight rankings, I don't see. Another guy in the middleweight division that's really going to fuck with Izzy. And now this just kind of reminds me of the Anderson Silva days where was it, was it a lack of stars or I mean was it a lack of talent or was it just that the guy that's the champion is that much better that's than everybody what it was. else? I like think that, it's a combination. The champ, the champ was the best, at, you know, during those Anderson Silva years. Um, it, he was just untouchable until that Chael Sonnen fight, where you looked and said, "Okay, a stud wrestler." is going to be able to beat him. And then you enter Chris Weidman, and Chris Weidman was able to do that because they weren't putting Anderson Silva in there against stud wrestlers. Like, they put him in there with Damian Maya, who's not known for his takedowns and and pressure. He's known for his submissions. There really is no stud wrestler in the middleweight division right now that Romero's gone. 
Weidman. Yeah, it's you know you have really good stand up guys, maybe with with some with some wrestling. Like Brunson's got some wrestling, but it's not going to be enough to to beat Izzy. Um, Cannoneers wrestling is really good, but I, I like I said, he's we've seen the blueprint on how to beat him, and Izzy's going to do it easily. You know, Paulo Costa. You know the guy's built like a brick shit house, oh, and he's, he's got the. We saw that already. I don't yeah, see that again. You know what I mean? Like he, he's built like a brick shit house, but he's got the fight IQ of a fucking gnat. Yeah. So going back to Strickland, though, looking at the top ten, he's he's ranked eleventh before going into yesterday. I'm imagining that Uriah Hall and him will at least switch. They got Hall eighth here, so yeah, you figure Strickland's going to jump jump into the top ten without a doubt, right? So mm-hmm. he's finally going to crack the top ten. But when I'm looking at the guys ahead of him, I I think he gives a few of these guys a nice run. But when you get to the top, these top middleweights will probably piece him up. He has a lot of uh, volume, but I don't see him blowing the doors off anybody. He's not a guy that could take you down. So he's a good grappler, but he's not taking you down. Mm-hmm. And he throws a lot of punches, but there's not much behind him. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and, and as we're going to be looking to see who Sean Strickland would probably have to fight next... Last event, Brendan Allen called him out because they had that fight already, and and Brendan Allen lost to Strickland. So you're you're looking at the rankings, and I see Dana White making that Brendan Allen fight because Brendan Allen's kind of on the come up. He had a really really good fight in that last event. He's not even in the top fifteen though. It, it, Dana doesn't care. I'm not. If I'm Strickland, I'm not fighting the eighth guy, beating him, and then fighting a guy outside the top fifteen. I think at this point he's on a five fight win streak. Why would he regress? Why? Why would he give this guy another shot? There's no way that's happening. Dana could say what he wants, and there's there's better fights right now. They're not gonna they're not gonna try and knock any of the shine off of Strickland because the middleweight division is dying for a guy to to at least present himself mm-hmm. as a next contender. And with a win over a guy like a Hermanson or a Brunson, I think that would solidify him into the title picture. Not necessarily he's going to really contend for it, but he'll get in that top four or five where you, you might see a little round robin with him. I say you give him to uh, Vittori. I want to see Vittori in, in uh, Costa. I want to see that too. I think that's the fight to make because both guys just coming off of losses with Izzy. Both guys feel like they deserve another shot because of whatever happened in the lead-up or how they weren't ready and injury or this, that. Make them two fight it out. Settle that. And I think they want each other. right? They, they've been both talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know when Costa comes back from his fucking hair plug surgery. I don't know. I think that's like a 16-month fucking layoff for no reason. Yeah. So if he's even available to fight, then I, I would hope that that's the fight that they make at middleweight. Besides that, the middleweight division really just doesn't move the needle for me. I'm looking at it right now, and it almost feels like a tweener division because you have guys that could probably be middleweights but don't want to cut the extra pounds. I mean, they could be welterweights or wel- welterweights and don't want to cut the extra pounds. And then you have guys that could be light heavyweights, but they know that some of those light heavyweight guys cut way too much weight. So it's like it's a tweener division. Um, And you don't really have like a huge influx of guys that are going into that division that are going to be within the top 10. You know what I mean? When is Till good to go? I don't know, man. We're not going to see too much of him on Instagram. No, after I think this he got to count back. <laughs> he just got it banned for a little bit. But 
we're not going to get into that either. But Darren Till's <laughs> a fucking animal. Funny. His his Instagram is hilarious. I, I love it. So I'm not a Darren Till fan, but but that shit had me laughing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Darren Till and shit. It is hysterical. All right, we spent way too much time talking about the middleweight division for as lackluster as it is. So let's move on to the the main event. That's or the the pay per view. This isn't yeah. a free pay per view. An actual pay per view with heavyweight title fight. I say title fight in air quotes, of course. The UFC participation trophy. But we got UFC 265 with Black Beast Derek Lewis against Cyril Gaon. Does Cyril Gaon have a nickname? No. No. So Cyril Gaon and, and the Black Beast. I got to admit, I thought Cyril Gaon was getting the title shot way too soon. And now there shouldn't be a title shot. If anything, it should be Black Beast against Nganu. For yeah. a fact... In October, they could have been done that on the Halloween card, just like I guess they had the plans to do a free pay-per-view. They would never have done that with, with well, Nganu and Black Beast. But why not? I mean, it's not like the heavyweight fights generate pay-per-view buys. I think this one will. Either way, there there's an interim title fight between these mm-hmm. two guys, and at first I wasn't giving Gan any chance, but then I watched a lot of fucking film on Gan, and this guy's complete. He's 9-0 and in the UFC, or 6-0 and in the UFC, 9-0 and overall, but he's also 16-0 as a Muay Thai guy, and he's got heel hook submissions. He's got chokes in the UFC. So he's definitely a well-rounded guy. He moves in and out better than any heavyweight that I've seen since, like, the early uh, Junior Sagano days, mm-hmm. right? He's got really smooth footwork. He's definitely a force in the in the heavyweight division, even though he's French. Oui. Oui. Ah. I'm just still not sold on him. <clears throat> yes, like you said, he has the the submission wins against who? You, you know, um, his past couple fights haven't moved the needle for me. They haven't impressed me yeah, at all. He's, he's a boring fighter to a degree, but at the heavyweight division, any any time you step in there, there's a chance for fireworks because one or two shots can end the fight. Uh, Derek Lewis doesn't really have the same skill sets as this guy does, but he hits like a fucking Mack truck. So when you got Derek Lewis fighting, you're excited. I'm excited yeah. about it. I, there's a chance that Gon just takes that methodical approach here, and I think that's his only... I wouldn't say his only. I think that's his best chance to win. You're not going to sit there and get into a fucking shootout with a guy that hits the way Derek Lewis hits, but does Gon have the takedowns? Does he ha- like If the fight goes to the ground, I know for a fact he's better. Right, right. There's no question yeah. about it. He's probably got the cardio. He's got the footwork. The only thing I really give Lewis a chance in is is in the stand-up with a haymaker. Other than that, I don't know, man, because you look at, at um, Black Beast's fight with Curtis Blades, he caught Curtis going in for a, a takedown. You know what I mean? So if Gon wants to come in to, to the clinch... Lewis has that power. Well, and Gon's head the, is the, that the big. Curtis Blades didn't set that takedown up well at all, right? There was no, there was no setup. There was just a he just dove across the octagon and he got clipped with a fucking nasty uppercut. I don't see Gon going for a double leg or a single leg for that matter. <laughs> I see him, like you said, pushing him up against the cage. If anything, he's the Muay Thai guy, so he's probably really good in the clinch. When I say probably, he's definitely really good in the clinch. I would imagine he's better in the clinch than Derek Lewis. And the cardio department, he's got him. Yeah, uh, you know, the leg kicks, I think Gon needs to implement them very early. He needs to start going for 
for Derek Lewis's legs, that calf kick, you know, smashing the calf, smashing the calf, smashing the calf. You got it. He's got to do it to the point where that's all Derek Lewis is thinking about. And then he could work his other stuff, you know, coming in with, with head kicks, maybe, you know, it's, he's got to be a little bit more aggressive in this fight than he has been with his other ones, because you don't want to snooze fest. Well, you don't want to stand that distance with a guy that could knock you out in one punch. And that's the other thing. If he's if he's starting to get like kind of lackadaisical or or coasting, that's when Derek Lewis seems to shine. When somebody's coasting and they think that they got him, and he just throws that haymaker from out of nowhere. I love Derek Lewis, so out of out of my heart, I'm I'm picking Derek Lewis because I just don't think Gon's ready yet. I don't. And that's based off of what? Just the fact that he's only got nine his, fights in the UFC le- or yeah, six his, fights in the UFC? His last couple fights haven't been really impressive. It was, his last fight was downright fucking boring. I think that's what's leaving the taste in your mouth. But yeah. he, he has been impressive. You should just look him up again and watch the, the I've countdown. watched his fights. You, and, and you saw the countdown yesterday, not the countdown. Yeah, I've, I've the watched previews. his fights. And, you know, I felt this way about Derek Lewis after... The Ngannou fight, too. I was like, that's it. He's peaked. Like, that. he's done. He's done. He's peaked. He lost, like, 60 pounds since then. Well, he was working with, with Lucirtano. You know? People, the people don't know who that is, Tommy. I could guarantee it. Ah, people in the MMA world know nutrition. But, uh, yeah, just, I, I don't know, man. I want Gon to surprise me. But I really want to see Derek Lewis against Ngannou because we deserve... The real fight that was supposed to happen, not the shit sandwich that we got. Maybe that's what the UFC is thinking. They're gonna they're gonna hopefully have Cyril Gon come and throw a kink or a, a wrench in their plans. Well, they want Cyril Gon to win because MMA is now legal in France because it's been illegal forever. They want those two to headline a French card, Cyril Gon and Ngano, because they're both lived in France and all that other right. happy horse shit. So Tommy's, Tommy's got Lewis. I got gone, even though you think gone's going to win. Uh, there's a good chance that it could happen. So yeah. Cyril gone's probably going to fight Derek, Lu- uh, fight in Ganu in what? November now? Probably. All right. So moving on, we probably should have did this the other way around and, and led with the Chiesa or Chiesa. Chiesa. Yeah. Chiesa and Vincente Luke. How do you say that name? Vincente Luca. Okay. And then we got Munoz and Aldo. Yeah, Munoz and Aldo, that's the, that's the co-main event. So if we're going to start from the main event, let's just work our way down. Work our way down, okay. Honestly, I'm most excited about the Chiesa fight anyway. Yeah, I mean, look. Munoz really needs something to prove here because he's dropped his last couple, you know, especially the, the fight against Frankie after the whole COVID stuff. Um, and Aldo looks pretty good at 135. Yeah, and everybody's written Aldo off, including myself, until I saw, like, Aldo's, first of all, he's only 31 or something like that. Yeah, but he's had, in fight years, he's 90. Now, I might have said this a a time ago, and I was wrong about it then, so I'm actually going to look at how old Aldo is. I think he's, like, 34 or 35. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely not 31. There's no way. But the amount of fights that he has, you know what I mean? Like, he's Chuck Liddell's age. 
in in fight years. You, you know, uh, but at one thirty five, he looks excellent. I think one thirty five is the is the best division in the UFC right now. Oh, for sure, without a doubt. Because you got guys like Aldo who's just scratching the surface in the division. There's it's loaded, it's loaded, and arguably the one of the best fighters in the world that's not even fighting is the thirty five pounder with with Cejudo. Yeah, but at, at one thirty five, I wouldn't mind seeing Aldo against Dillashaw, like maybe for a title title eliminator. If they don't give Dillashaw a title shot. After that last, and there's no fuckery. way Dillashaw is going to rematch uh, Sanhagen either. No, no way. No, it's too much of a fucking snake for that. He, he doesn't want that beating again either. You know, so I wouldn't mind seeing Aldo and Dillashaw. Um, but with this fight, I'm going to go with Aldo. Uh, experience, and I, I think Munoz kind of peaked before COVID, and then you know the, the and he's just better. Aldo's better. Yeah. I don't see Munoz doing anything anywhere in this fight. He's going to get leg kicked to death. He's not going to be able to take him down if he wants to. And Aldo's jiu-jitsu is, is top-notch. So even if he does get him there, what's he really going to do? Stalemate him? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Aldo on this one. It's just where do you go with Aldo from there? I mean, this will be, what, his second or third fight? I like, I like the Dillashaw idea. Yeah, this will be, like what, his second or third fight at 135. The guy was the 145 champ for, what, 10 years? Something like that. Not a Cody fight. Oh God, he would. I think he would, he would annihilate he Cody. Would destroy <laughs> Cody. <laughs> he would annihilate Cody. I don't. I, you know, and Cody's another one. I think is kind of on the back nine, and, and we talked about it even before that last fight. I think Cody is going to be the guy that the UFC pits the Sugar Show against when they finally want to give him a name. I don't like. I'm a little angry hand- with him right now. I don't like the way he handled. I know what you're talking about the six nine thing, and yeah, it is what it is. Though these guys are young kids. What are you gonna do? And I'm, I'm a little upset with that, but I'll still root for Sugar Show. Sugar Show, Sugar Show. You know, and then you're going okay. Now we're talking about Sugar Show, right? We mentioned Aldo Dillashaw. Okay, so let's say they're gonna give Dillashaw the title shot. Sugar Show Aldo. He's not even in the top 15, though. I know that, but I don't think Aldo really cares. Aldo will fight anybody. I understand anybody. that, but O'Malley is fighting nobodies. He hasn't. He's not going to jump up and fight one of the all-time greats all of a sudden. I think he's got to work his way through a few of the other guys and build a name for him. The UFC doesn't want to derail that just yet. There's no way. That'd be an interesting fight, though. It really would be. Uh, no, Aldo would fucking leg kick the shit out of him. I don't think that... Sugar Show is ready for all of that right now. I think a guy like Cody's perfect because he's going to stand with him, but Cody's not a good kickboxer, so he'll be able to keep his range, and they want Sugar Show to win, right? Cody can wrestle a little bit, but let's be honest. He's, he's going to stand there and, and trade and hopefully knock O'Malley out in his head. I don't think O'Malley would lose to, to Cody. I think that's a tailor-made fight with a big name for Sugar Show to make his appearance into the top 10. You're right. You're 100% right. But I guarantee you, if that fight got brought to Aldo and got fought to Sugar Show, they would both sign well, on the dotted line. Aldo would look at it as easy money. Yeah, maybe. Easy money, but... Maybe. But I, I think it's one of those those situations to potentially like shock the world, kind of. And that would be Sugar Show's real coming out party. If he could beat Aldo... Where right now Aldo looks rejuvenated, that would be really something. I it's mean, it's a really tough fight for for Sugar Show to deal. Yeah, with. well, I mean, you in the top ten of, of thirty five, you're not really looking at many easy fights. Fair, but 
I'm not fighting Aldo if I could fight Cody. And they've been talking a lot of shit to each other, so I think that's the one to make. Maybe. Honestly, you know what you're going to see at a Sugar Show? You're going to see another fucking non-top 15 guy. <laughs> that's what's next for Sugar Show. Garen fucking team. Somebody you could sit there and do the, you know, uh, the killer crossover in the in the cage. And, and, like, everybody's going nuts. Oh, my God, he had a 10-punch combo. That's awesome. But he didn't knock him out. You know, he didn't knock him out. The guy stuck around for almost the entire fight. So, anyway. Let's get off that because we could sit there and play matchmaker for days. Let's get on to the uh, the Chiesa and Vincente Luque fight. Ah. It's another fight I don't think Chiesa should be taking. I think he should be looking forward, and I, he's in a really good spot in that division. So Luque's kind of on the come up right now. Chiesa is kind of a name for him. Ah. Who do I think wins this fight? Chiesa. Too big, too strong, too, too much jiu-jitsu, too much wrestling. Draw. You really think so? I I don't know, man. I really don't. What Kiesa shows up, you know what I mean? That's that's what the we're talking about. one that's been making a name for himself at welterweight lately. He's I mean, a, it, He's like a fucking huge welterweight. Yeah. He looks like he's a middleweight at this point. I can't believe that guy ever made 55. So, yeah, you're right. Kiesa, you know, has looked really good at welterweight. But for me, I think Luke's kind of... Coming into his own and making a name for himself, I think we might actually see an upset here, and I think Luke wins. Where? How? You think he's going to knock him out? Yeah. Wow, really? Chiesa. I always say Chiesa, but Chiesa is a fucking tough dude, man. He's got a chin. I don't see him getting put away, and I don't see him winning the decision. Uh, Luke, that is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just Chiesa was never a guy that I was a million percent sold on, um, even on The Ultimate Fighter. I wasn't a he's gonna take. He's going to take Luke's back and choke him out. Second round. You that's might be my, right. That's my prediction. You might be right. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I kind of want to go against the grain with, with a lot of my picks these days, you know? So to, re, to rehash, because we're, we're running short on time here. I'm going with Chiesa, Aldo, and Gon. And you're going with Luke, Aldo, Aldo and Lewis. So uh, we're going to start doing that. Maybe we should start doing that where we pick three fights from the upcoming event, the main, the, the final three fights, and we predict them, and then we'll do a little running tally. Why don't we just do it through topology so we could read the results online? I was just on making air. fun of you for, for still doing typology, and now you want me to do it? So? Yeah, I'll add it to my list of fucking 49 billion things that I got to do. I was just thinking we do some little running thing where I write it down on my fucking notebook. Or we could do that too. And do it for the show. But if you want to set up the typology thing and make me an account, I don't even know if I have my account active still. But we'll go from there. We'll, we'll decide on what we're going to do with that. And we'll, we'll do a running thing. We got to do something. Maybe we incorporate yeah. people into it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Or maybe uh, we, we get some of the, the chop sports people involved. Yeah. Maybe we can get with the pick bish, and she can kind of help us out. She'll be here on Sundays doing the um, NFL thing. She's going to be running the, the computer. Okay, so there we perfect. go. perfect. We're going to so, be recording on Sundays. Maybe we'll be able to get her on sometimes. We'll yeah. See. We'll see. She went. She did well yesterday. That's how I know a bunch of fucking underdogs won, because all over the social media, I had her and Kyle posting. Yeah, dude, it was insane. It, you know, when I do the tapology thing, you, you look. I look at the percentages and I look at the numbers. I don't just go off name. You know, I look at. I just. I look at the numbers, and I was going with the numbers because I'm like, these are very stacked heavy. 
you know, the numbers were heavily stacked. And hey, the underdogs came out and won. That's a good thing for the betting world because, you know, you get your those crazy odds. So if people bet and made some money, you know, Mazel tov. What else we got, Tom? Hey, I think betting should be part of the show. I agree. I just neither of us bet often. I know. That's the problem. And Scoop bets a lot, but Scoop Scoop's not here. No. No, we've got to get her we've got to get the pick bears involved. Uh and, and get her. To my understanding, she doesn't want to be uh, a content creator. She wants to be behind the scenes. So if she wants to sit there and do Scoop's job, sorry, Scoop. <laughs> well, even if we have her come out with like some of these big pay per views and talk about maybe who to bet and things like that, would be you know maybe help out the podcast hosts here. That would kind of be nice. Yeah. All right. So speaking of podcast hosts, we have a bunch of them on the network. You guys know the whole rundown. I'm not going to yep. go. How about this? Go on chopsportsmedia.com. Click on merch. Scroll down to Chopheads MMA and buy some merch and support the podcast that you guys love so much. Me and Tommy get a dollar each per shirt that is bought. So please go buy a shirt so I could pocket more of the dollars that Tommy hasn't seen yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's like $11 that you're owed, Tommy, because we sold 11 shirts total. But they are fucking nice shirts, honestly. They are. I love them. I think they're the nicest shirts in the entire store. Yeah, but you know what? I like the material. Uh, the materials really nice. They don't shrink in the dryer because I almost freaked because I was like, "Shit!" I put it in the dryer and no, those shirts it didn't are shrink. good. The the materials legit. I'm proud of the way the Chopheads MMA clothing line has turned out. We'll say the we need uh, line. we need Chopheads MMA tank tops for men, just not for women. We have them on there. It's just in the women's section, bro. Want to bet? Oh, you must have fixed it. Oh, how much do you want to bet that it's been like that since since I put the shirts out? Well, you're going to have to show me once we're done here. Anyway, yeah, there's definitely tank tops. Now that Tommy's got traps and, yeah. and triceps, he thinks that he's tank top worthy, but I'm not sure that'll fit over your belly still. So, Anyway, like I said, go check out ChopSportsMedia.com. We got 10 to 14 podcasts on there. Some of them are on the are coming. They're not there yet, but there will be by football season. There'll be about 13 or 14. I'm, I lost count. going to be a lot. A lot of podcasts going on, more than one per day throughout the throughout the week so there's a lot of content there's a lot of blogs honestly we're looking for bloggers specifically an mma blogger so if you have writing ability and you don't suck and you're consistent and you don't need me to fucking proofread and and edit everything by all means we're looking for bloggers so submit your blog to me at i guess facebook or wherever our, our instagram any of the social media platforms you could just send me a dm we'll we'll sort something out and i'll have the blog read by our committee we'll call it because it's not just something that i decide on myself the we put the blog and have five or six people that i believe in and that i trust read the blog and let me know if it's good or not to make the cut because i don't want what i've had last three weeks where everybody thinks that they could fucking send me a blog and they and all you gotta post it and no, it's not that. I will post them if they're fucking the grammar is right and people know how to use comma. I, I'm not here to this isn't a text conversation. We're trying to put out mm-hmm. legit content. So keep that in mind when you submit your blogs. Anything else, Tommy? I know you Yeah, big shout out to uh of course Roberto and everybody over there at Fightbook MMA. Head over to fightbookmma.com for all of your combat sports, health and fitness, and pro wrestling needs. Make sure you guys are checking out their show sitting ringside. Uh Pride Rules kind of doing a little bit of a hiatus because I just I don't have the time during the week anymore. Um, you know, with with coaching football and everything. So 
Make sure you guys are still going over to Fightbook MMA. Support those guys over there. Roberto's I'll working give, really I'll hard. I'll give the Pride Rules guys like a dollar fifteen a kick in the nuts for the name of their show. I mean, it's my show. So. I know. I was joking, and I named it. <laughs> you did. So technically, it's my name. And is it trademarked yet? I could just steal it. You back. could technically steal it. But if anything, what I was saying we would do is just do a Pride Rules segment. Name the name a segment after our our old. If, that's if. Put it this way, if Pride Rules doesn't ever make a, a return, then we will name a segment after Pride Rules as a honor to honor our roots, mm. our roots, we'll say. Yeah, I mean, it sucks and I feel bad, but it's, 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 I got so much shit on my plate right now between work and, like I said, coaching, you know, coaching four nights a week. I didn't realize yeah. how much of a non life. Plus, you got a daughter that's like Miss uh, <sighs> Teen America or something, stop or whatever the fuck's going on there. Please stop with that. It's just, yeah. I have I have way too much on my plate and not enough hands to hold it. Well, you know what that feels like. What? Too much on my plate? Yeah. Yeah, I'm dying. I'm, yeah. I'm the most unhealthy I've been in, in 10 years. I um, mean, I technically would be, but... Would be what? Dying? Yeah. Um, am I missing the joke? I was hanging out with, uh, with the, uh, the New York Mets uh, equipment guy. He got me some really good equipment. Oh, so you're on steroids? <laughs> Is that what you were getting at? No, I am not. All right. Well, anyway, that's enough for fucking today's episode. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Kind of sucks when we don't have our button, bitch. You know what sucks? Getting fucking hit for I think either $95 or $195 on Indeed because I don't know how it works I don't know either I know how LinkedIn works never again never again it's alright Dave will sell his ass for that money you, you know Chris just shit his pants that's alright you know what I've been doing I've been holding in piss for the longest time and I've had to fart for like an hour <laughs> but if I fart, I'm going to piss and then vice versa. So, so we should have just took a break so you can go take a piss. Well, now I'm just enjoying my own brand over here. That's all right, man. It, it's all good. Trust me. Um,